people in a, in a big race, they're on pace for right. the time they want, but they mentally give up on themselves. Yeah. And, and he talked to him afterwards, what happened? It got hard. Mm. It's supposed to be hard. It's supposed to be hard. Yeah. That's like, that's right. why we sign up for it. Yep, exactly. That's why we prepare for it. You know, I, I text my, my coach Jeff after some of these big workouts. Yep. Yeah, I'll, I'll crush a Wednesday morning workout. Mm-hmm. And he'll be like, how was it? Like, yeah, I hit all my times. It was hard. I'm not going to lie. He said, yep. it's supposed to be. Yep. Mm, that's good. Ah, yeah, you're right. Yep. You're right. I'm supposed to be putting out this this big, big effort. Right. It yeah. shouldn't be smooth all the time. 100%. Yeah. Be honest. Are you going to break 245? I think I might break 240. I think you're going to crush it, dude. I think you will break 240. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to thank you for tuning in and supporting the brand. Now, I have spent the last decade plus of my life building Bear Performance Nutrition, and we create effective supplements that you can trust to support your wellness, endurance, and performance goals. We offer high-quality, great-tasting whey protein powders, effective pre-workouts, superfoods, sleep support, electrolytes, and much more. So if you want to support the content that we produce and the message that I am sharing through my content and on this podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you went to BPNSUPS. Dot com and you can use code NickBear10 to save 10% off your next order. So thank you guys. I appreciate you. And let's dive into the show. Today on the podcast, we have part two of the Joe Greer story. The reason we're doing part two is because in part one, <laughs> we didn't get into anything related to running, which was the reason we wanted to sit down and have a conversation. 100%. I mean, it felt like we were talking for maybe 30, 40 minutes. And the next thing I know, it's, oh, we've been in here for an hour and 37 minutes. It was so, a great conversation. It was a great conversation, which thank you, by the way. That was so much fun and had a yeah incredible conversation and yeah, even equally stoked to uh, chat about running, all things running, which you and I are in the thick of it right now. As peak. We are this is peak tw- week. How many days? Uh, as of today, I believe it's 23. 23 days. Wow. 23 days out from CIM 2023. Mm-hmm. You did CIM last year. I did. Correct? Yeah, yep, yep. So it's been uh, a little, yeah, I was hoping to have run more marathons from CIM till now, last CIM till now, um, as I pulled out of Chicago uh, two months back, but i um, very grateful to be somewhat healthy uh, heading into CIM. And um, yeah, it's a, an incredible course, uh, very predictable weather, very consistent weather. Um, if you look back on the last like five years. Um, net downhill, fastest course on the West Coast. That's it's, what I've heard. Um, it's it's beautiful. It's such a good time. I mean, especially with uh, the Olympic trials qualifying, it's the last race that you can run to qualify for this coming Olympic trials. So it's just going to be so stacked. From the two eighteen guys that are trying to qualify all the way to the two thirty seven women that are trying to qualify, that like twenty minute you know plus gap is just going to be loaded. Which you you'll probably be right up in that, especially after you know that freaking eight by mile that you put up the other day, dude. I like, think uh, you're going to breeze past 245, barring good weather. I mean, like I said, this, this is, right now I'm in peak week. I'm sure you're in peak mm-hmm. week too. Yep. This past Wednesday's workout was uh, eight times a mile. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to hold a 540 pace, ended up holding sub 530 pace. Yep. I was between like a 527, 531 mile split. Mm-hmm. Felt really strong. Yeah. Obviously, we're at a point right now where we're carrying a level of fatigue that's expected. Exactly. We both have a, about a 22-miler tomorrow mm-hmm. uh, with structure. Yep. And then 
slowly start reducing intensity volume, mm-hmm. go into the taper, and then toe the line. CIM feeling super strong. I hope so. That's the plan. What'd you run CIM last year? Yeah, I ran um, a 2.36.47. So it's about a 13-minute PR from my first marathon in New York, 2021. Ran a 2.49 and then ran a 2.36 the following year. Um, so this will be your third summer. marathon. Third marathon, yeah. And you're going for sub 2.30. I am. However, that may change the goal. It's um the last like two months, um, I've been dealing with a, a weird hamstring kind of pinching situation, which recently saw my PT this last week and realized it's all stemming from my hips. Specifically, my left hip is just unbelievably tight and it's causing everything else to seize up. Um, I was uh, in Italy shooting a friend's wedding. Did a, The day of the wedding, I did like a half marathon run, 7.05 average, nothing around they come up. It was so beautiful. And I was like, ah, oh, I got to get up, get a run in before this long work day. And then like an idiot, I went on to work 12 hours shooting this wedding in loafers and so my feet were I was going to ask you what shoes you were wearing blasted they were they were not ons they were not hokas which I should have done now looking back but ever since then that is when I noticed some situation going on with my my hamstring um I had to unfortunately kind of back off and pull out of Chicago um thankfully I had CIM as a backup and I just like let me just like I had missed I mean well it's just been one of the most challenging builds so far in my running career, uh, becoming a new father, my work and travel has picked up so much. Um, and then just the inconsistency of all the traveling and, and bad weather. I've gotten really unlucky with, uh, just bad weather for like a lot of my workouts and, and uh, long runs. And it's just been a lot to, 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 to juggle and to balance, which I have not had to do in the previous two marathons. So I've learned a lot. Um, I think, you know, I'm running Boston in April. So I think I, um, by then, hopefully all of will have a little bit more of a consistent sleep schedule, which obviously I'll hopefully get more sleep, which obviously helps recovery. So I'll it's pray just, for you. Thank you. I need it. And I know you're a little bit past <laughs> that, you know, you're uh, Charlie's well beyond a year. So um, I've, I've, yeah, it's just been a season of just learning, not trying to be too hard on myself, um, but to know. So now it's just like, after talking to my coach, missing some workouts, dealing with this hamstring thing. Um, I think about like three weeks or a month ago, I got COVID. So it was just this like thing after thing after thing after thing that just kept coming up. I'm like, oh my gosh, dude, why can't it just, I felt like the pieces weren't falling into place. And so I'm heading to CIM, still in deep, pretty decent shape. Um, Yeah, I did a very similar workout to you uh, a few days ago and was averaging, you know, mid to low 520s uh, for my mile repeats and felt strong. And But tomorrow is going to be the deciding factor. How that 22, uh, two and a half hours uh, workout goes tomorrow will let me know truly where my fitness is. Um, do I change up my goal a little bit? I've got a handful of friends going at that 2.30 mark, um, running at that 5.40s, 5.43s. Um, but I'm like, man, do I just try to PR? Like, I, I'd be so happy, content with all that I've had to dealt with during this build. Like, man, if I could go 2.33, 2.34, 2.32, I'd be very happy. So that's, I'm just trying to <clears throat> get in the, the mindset now. Um, a job just came up the day after CIM. I have to fly to Hawaii to sh- do a shoot for a week with REI. And I'm just like, I had, like the recovery is going to be just bizarre. And I w- would love to not get on a, a flight and, and fly to Hawaii, but trying to look at the positive of everything. Um, so there's just, yeah, there's a lot. And uh, I'm just trying to just process it all mentally. Um, as I was, I, I've been so excited about 2.30. Who knows? Weather could be right. My body and taper could be perfect. And I could toe the line feeling 
as best as I could and I could um I could just absolutely send it. But um I, I play it safe when it comes to the marathon. It takes so much out of you. Um and it takes a lot of work to get to that line. So uh and knowing that I gotta turn back around and to have like what three weeks off to before I get going for Boston again. So I'm just trying to weigh all this stuff. There's a lot going on. But I think if I can go sub two thirty six and PR, I'll be I'll be pretty happy with that given everything. That's one of the things I found about strength training. Hmm. is which i have done zero in what, the last two and a half years so i'm getting that please preach. i think i can help you please i have found that by maintaining a strong strength training program especially in the off season and then maintaining that hmm. as much as possible during in season yeah i have found that really helps mitigate risk of injury Ugh. especially overuse mm-hmm. um, injuries because I've had these small injuries in the past before. Right. And typically it comes from weak glutes mm-hmm. or hips mm-hmm. and that will just work its way down. Yep, exactly. So before you know it, you have quad, hamstring, knee, ankle, mm-hmm. calf issues. Mm-hmm. And the the way I learned this is I used to have like knee issues while running. Oh, wow. And I would always try to treat the knee. So I'd be rolling out, I'd be icing the knee. Mm. And I finally went to a PT. Yep. PT was like, well, yeah, you're, you're feeling the effects at your knee, but the issue is stemming from the hips and the glutes. Yep. So I started reincorporating more barbell squats, wow. lunges into my strength training program during the, the prep. Wow. And it just reduced all those, those overuse injuries. So that's why I, I love in the off season, really hitting strength hard and then in season maintaining strength. Oh yeah, I, I'm. That's. I feel like that is my lowest hanging fruit. Like I'm not kidding. The most I've done is push ups, maybe a few pull ups here and there. Like and I just run, and I just, I don't. Whether it's laziness, whether it's just I just love running. You know, it, I feel like so. I have to. It, I just don't have the patience to get into the weight room and to do it all. But I also recognize that um, anyone who has any success at the marathon, almost everyone is in the weight room, and everybody's putting in the work there. And I'm just like, I've always ever, I've only ever run. And um, that's what I know. And that's what I'm comfortable with. I don't really know how to do proper techniques in the weight room. So I think it's a little bit as also probably insecurity. I don't know how to squat properly or I don't know how to do this. So I'm potentially going to risk getting injured. I think that's what my mind tells me. So I'm, like, I'm just yeah. going to run, dude. I'm just going to run, try and run fast and, you know, recover and do my thing. But this build has taught me a lot. And I'm um, realizing that uh, that low hanging fruit for me is strength. And that if I could get that, over winter, um, heading into Boston, I think um, I could be a radically different uh, runner come come April. Yeah, I think you'd find yourself going into a, the next race and yeah, I hope so. A, a different, I don't say level of shape, but just like I think so conditioned. Yeah, and I guess my biggest fear too is we were talking about this on our run is like I'm just afraid of putting on weight, putting on like mass. We did talk I about just this, like, yeah. I don't want to like you know I, I sit around the 144, 146. That's where I'm at um, when I'm in like like uh, running shape. It's like, man, I thought about like, like putting on five pounds of muscle, even out at 150 would be pretty, pretty nice. I feel like, is that too much? Is that going to change my form? Is that going to give me knee issue? I mean, I have no idea the science behind all that, but it's like, I like how I feel at this weight and I'm just terrified that I'm going to freaking bulk up and, and yeah. have all, I'm not going to be able to fit any of my clothes or, or whatever, which is such a silly thing to think about. But that's just the, that naivety that I have. I don't know anything about lifting weights or that world. Um, so, it's, um, I think I just, yeah, I, I fear, I guess, not knowing everything um, in that world, but I recognize that 
it would radically transform my running, my form, uh, not getting injured or lowering the, the risk of injury, uh, which now uh, as I'm dealing with something, it's like, okay, now I recognize the potential of, 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 of strength, which I need to, I need to jump on it. Yeah. We did talk about this during the run mm -hmm. where I believe a lot of people think that strength trainer going to the gym is, is bodybuilding. Right. That is one style of strength training. Yeah. That is the style that I enjoy mm -hmm. training in. But like you can, uh, you can train for power and strength and mm -hmm. explosiveness without going into these, these super high rep ranges with moderate weight and, and building mm -hmm. large amounts of muscle and putting on uh, weight that might take away from your, gotcha. your speed. Gotcha. It's just the style of training at which you apply that stimulus. Mm, okay. I'm curious, you know, we both have this 22 mile workout coming up tomorrow. Mm -hmm. How do you physically and mentally prepare for a big run? Mm. I would love to hear your approach because I, I approach these big workouts one way. Right. But do you, do you carb up like you would yeah. race day? Do you treat it like race day? Do you get nervous to the workout? What's going through your mind three, yeah, four days out? That's, that's great. Yeah. I've, um, the previous two marathons, uh, these longer workouts, I, I, I was actually thinking about that yesterday. Um, I just, because I'm pretty nervous for tomorrow. Uh, but the previous two marathons, I had not been nervous for my long runs. I just kind of, it is what it is, go out and did it. But then again, that was, there was way less going on in my life during those previous two. Wasn't a father yet. Work, traveling wasn't as much. And so I think it's just the, the accumulation of everything that's happened the last two months and how yeah, busy I've gotten. a lot I've of variables gotten. you're trying to it manage. It is, right. And so knowing that I'm not in the shape I would like to be at this stage, being 23 days out from CIM, I think I'm a little bit more nervous just because it's like of all the long runs I have, I mean, I have probably missed four or five just because of schedule or I've, uh, the last week I had a, um, my hamstring was acting up uh, on the last one and I had to pull out at 17, should have done around 21. And so it's just like a combination of that where it's just like, it's, it definitely gets in my head. Um, I, a lot of the PT stuff I've been doing this last week has really helped. Uh, my run today was great. My run workout yesterday was amazing or two days ago was amazing. So it's feeling much better, which I'm so stoked about. So I feel I have a little bit more confidence heading in tomorrow. Um, yeah, got a great pasta dinner planned tonight Been carb loading yesterday, staying hydrated. Um, when I get this close to the marathon too, I cut out alcohol. Like when I'm a month out, I just kind of, maybe I'll have a glass of wine at Thanksgiving in a few weeks. But aside from that, like I kind of cut that out uh, so that I'm like fully recovered a lot of, you know, did a salt bath last night. Um, got my compression sleeves I'll probably do tonight um, as well and get a good sleep. I, Maddie and I have a great deal that the night before long runs, I sleep out on the couch um, so that I'm not getting woken up by Oliver. And she's absolute legend for letting me do that. That's great. She recognizes, you know, I mean, because well, Oliver's still not sleeping too great. So he's probably waking us up uh, three to five times a night. And so- Especially like before a big run, you know, uh, those, those Friday nights, she lets me kind of chill out there and she kind of takes it, which is just amazing. Um, and uh, so with this being the last one, I'm, I'm actually, I'm really nervous, but I'm also very excited because it's going to, like I said earlier, it's like this workout tomorrow will give me a lot of information on what my game plan is going to be heading into CIM. And uh, I kind of need it. And I'm I'm excited, but I'm kind of got that that jitteriness. And um, but thankfully, the weather's going to be great. It's going to be like high 40s, cloudy down in Franklin. It's on a Saturday, so not a lot of cars are going to be out. I'm going to have the, the the roads and the highways to myself, and um, no one pacing me, no one training me. So like, if I can get through that and hit my pace by myself, I think that is going to be a massive mental boost for me um, going into CIM. Is uh, like we chatted about this before, but it's like I I love training alone. Um, 
I love hitting my splits alone so that when I get into a marathon race and I toe the line and everybody is running around the same pace, I can check out and know that like, I don't need someone else to pace me to hit my splits because I've been able to hit my splits by myself. And that's like one of my favorite things about running alone. I know the benefit of running and doing workouts with a group is there, but I don't have that luxury, unfortunately. There's not people living down in Franklin that um, are training for the same marathons and it's not, Franklin's not a big running community, um, at least yet. So it's, um, yeah, tomorrow's, uh, I mean, you got me stacked up on the go gels. I lost a box. I'll get so you some more. This, this will be great. I'm going to be ripping through this, but um, yeah, man, I'm uh, in terms of preparation. Yeah, I'll get to bed pretty early, probably around like uh, 8.39, get up at five. I'll probably get out the door by... Uh, uh, 5.30, 5.40. Do, also you, do you eat anything before I do this? not. You don't eat anything before Nothing, a 22 dude. miler? Bro, I let it rip, dude. Dude. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I have never, I mean, aside from marathon day, I will eat something. But long days, I don't. I literally just have my gels. I'll probably take a gel 30 minutes out. Um, But I've got that, all that, that pasta, especially for my build. It's just, I've never needed it. It's been, right. my long workouts have, uh, I've been fine with just kind of rocking with my gels and, and making that making that happen. Um, but I could change my mind, you know, especially with like Maddie getting into making sourdough also. It's like, man, so how long, how far out from the start of your run do you eat sourdough? An hour? Yeah, it's like tomorrow. See, I'm 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 a big fan of just fueling mm-hmm. uh properly because I'm I'm a believer in yep. you can go hit a workout, you can feel great. But if you hit that same workout fueled, you might feel even better. Okay. So okay. the way I approach these these big runs, like a 22 mile hour tomorrow, yeah. I have the same mindset that you do. Mm-hmm. And I think being a little nervous, a little scared, that's a good thing. It means it's you very, care. Yeah, absolutely. And it means like it's about to be a little uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. So three, four days out, I start increasing carbohydrates. Yep. Mm-hmm. Put a, a large emphasis on water consumption electrolyte intake mm-hmm. uh the day before like today definitely prioritizing carbs yep water staying off my feet mm-hmm. i'll do the compression boots tonight mm-hmm. uh and then get a good night's sleep tomorrow morning i'll wake up probably 60 to 90 minutes before the run starts okay so I'll that's what says at 4 a.m then tomorrow i'll probably start the run at, at like six you start at six so i'll wake up at 4 30 gosh Okay. Drink some coffee, go to the bathroom, okay. and then eat. Gotcha. So I'll do two scoops of G1M Sport. Right. I'll do a piece of sourdough toasted with some jelly and honey on there. 90 maybe. minutes out? About or six, 60 to 90 minutes out. You'll do that. Yep. Okay. And then that's going to be what I consume before the run starts. Gotcha. So by the time I start the run, I don't feel empty. I can definitely tell like I have food okay. still digesting. But you don't cramp up. I don't cramp up. Okay. That's always my fear. But in the previous two marathons where I've done that, breakfast or a you know uh, English muffin, almond butter, three hours out, ninety minutes out, one of those stinger waffles, gel at thirty minutes out from start, and I have felt pretty fine. Yeah. But I'm just I'm just so nervous of just having you know GI issues um, when I I just normally don't do it. I only do that on race days. But that, that's why I like <laughs> practicing. Maybe during, I should practice tomorrow. I may have to get on the same schedule. Get up at four thirty and then do that. You know. Yeah, I like mm. doing that so that when I get to race day, I know. What I've tested right. and, and it works out. Yeah, I, yeah. I have I have that's true. Better expectations of how mm-hmm. my body's going to adjust. Right, and then I'll use gels mm-hmm. uh, during the run itself. Every five miles. Yeah, tomorrow I'll probably do five, ten. I'm gonna do like five, nine, fourteen, 14 maybe 18. eighteen. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'll probably try to get like four gels in tomorrow. Same. Mm-hmm. And just stay on top of that. And then. But you don't do any uh, uh, GM running? Like nope. No, no just, I don't do any liquids. No liquids. Now, even gotcha. when I'm running the marathon. You don't? I don't grab any water. That's insane. There's no way. I don't you grab You don't any take water. anything? No. I take something every water station. I don't understand. Like for me, I've tried and none of the water goes in my mouth. Like what's your technique? Yeah. Oh, the technique is you got to pinch the paper cup and sip it that way. You can't drink it completely open like a psychopath. I learned pretty quickly and I was watching runners around me at New York and they were all pinching the cup, sipping it out and then tossing. I was like, oh Maybe my I'll gosh, try that's it. how you do it. No, my coach, I'm on the first one for New York. He's like, if you're not, even if you're not thirsty, grab water, take a sip, just keep moving. It's like better to not, I don't know the science behind it, but he was just like, you don't want to be dehydrated on the back end. And I've just, I've stuck with it and it's worked out every, that blows my mind that you don't take any water. Nope. Wow. Especially when the water stations are congested. Oh yeah. Coming in. Yeah, I'm yeah. just like dialed in. <clears throat> right. And wow. uh, okay. during these big runs, I don't, I don't consume any water. Same. Yeah. But that's the way I'll approach tomorrow. Okay. Gotcha. It's like from the time I wake up, it's, yeah, it feels like war. And will you be go? Uh, will you be running in uh, carbon plated shoes? We, I, I'll do a shoe change about an hour in. I don't do a shoe change. Gotcha. So you'll go carbon all the way, carbon or the whole way. Gotcha. Okay, yeah, sweet. So I'm gonna I'm gonna race in the Saucony Endorphin Elites. You are nice. Okay. Usually it's always been the Nike Vaporflies. Right. Right. But that's what I'm racing in. Yeah. I love that shoe. Great. But for some reason, like I just started using the Elites for mm-hmm. a few workouts, and I fell in love with them. Wow. And now I'm like. I just like, I like this shoe. Mm-hmm. It feels right. I've been hitting all these really good sessions in it. Right. And you know, running is, it's, uh, what, I forget the, how do you describe the word where it's, mm-hmm. um, something works for you. You don't want to try something else. Right. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's very personal. I'm, I mean, I'm the, I'm the same way. Like I have tried ever since I ran my first marathon in the next percent Vaporfly twos, I have been terrified to try anything else. Like superstitious. Tried, that's it. That's all yeah, saying. Yeah. Superstitious. 100%. Runners are super, superstitious. Very much so. Like, that's why I'm like, I don't even, I, I won't change anything on like, I literally, how I eat this few days leading up to it, that whatever worked on that first one, I did on the second one and it turned out great in my favor. So I'm going to literally copy and paste. Like I, it is what I, it's all I know. I'm not going to test the waters. I've tried something different. I've tried to get a new shoe and the, sorry, Adidas, but those Adidas pros gave me blisters about five miles in. And I'd love to try the, uh, the, the Saucony ones as well as the A6 ones looks pretty, pretty fun too, but yeah. I'm too, we're too close to the start line for me to switch, you know, to pull, uh, an audible and change shoes. But, um, man, okay. I might have to get up on that, uh, get up at four 30, have some sourdough. I'm going to, I'm going to give that a, I'm going to give that a shot. I always find tomorrow. that like, if I can get, because that's, that's what I do on a marathon day. There's no reason I can't do it, you know? Yeah. If I can get like 90 to 120 grams of carbs in, right. 60 to 90 minutes from starting a big run, mm-hmm. I can always feel those carbs at use the second half of that big workout. Really? I feel okay. so much stronger. And it's, you can, can, but can you not differentiate? Okay. Is that the gel that I'm taking? The gels that I've taken, the two or three that I've taken at that point? Or is right. that the, 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 how you fooled? fueled with the sourdough and I think it's a little, you, little bit of everything okay it is because yeah. like the carbs that you've consumed the, the days leading up to that race right they're being stored as glycogen yep in the muscles in the liver so your your body from digestion to assimilation into glycogen yep takes about 24 to 36 hours so that's why like 
today's Friday, mm-hmm. tomorrow's Saturday, Saturday's the big workout. Yep. That's why I try to get a big bulk of those carbs in yep. the first half of the day on Friday. Mm-hmm. So that's my glycogen. Which, by the way, I'm going to freaking eat my muffin right muffin now. There? I got to crush this real quick. Yeah, blue, blueberry muffin? Yeah. Crema? Uh, it is, yep. Yep. I give uh, I give Charlie a blueberry muffin every day from uh, Frothy Monkey. I saw that Frothy dude. Yeah, it's uh, sorry for all the sounds on this Jordan, but yeah. yeah. So I try to get uh, most of my carbs in mm-hmm. first half of the day, the day before a big workout. Yep, and then I like to have readily accessible carbohydrates in in my body, circulating in my, my blood to be used very easily very accessible. My body can tap into those. And then as it's burning through those carbs, I can also tap into muscle right. glycogen during the workout yep. and you utilize that. And I will burn through, I mean, I'm a bigger guy too. So I will burn through a lot of fuel right. during a big workout. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fan and advocate of fueling properly because I've seen the effects of when I haven't fueled properly. Yep. And then when I have, mm-hmm. and it's, very significant. Right. Mm, that's good. Yeah, no, you're definitely taking me to church. So I feel definitely feel the conviction. And so fueling and strength training. We're gonna get to dude, like, I don't know dude, what the hell I'm doing. You're dude, going to I qualify no, for the Olympics. Dude, I have no no reason to be ready marathons how uh, how I'm not paying attention to fueling properly. Uh and, and I haven't even stepped foot in a gym. But if only I knew of a somebody who had a gym on the first floor coming soon. I think that's G1M Club. Oh, G1M I might have Club. to apply, get a membership. It'd be great. Friends and family. And you can tell me how to, to properly squat because I feel like I'm going to freaking break my back or something. We'll hook it up. Know. We're going to have some great training Hopefully sessions. I can do more than the bar. I think I can. I think I can do my body weight. But. What I want to hear from you Let's hear is the New York City Marathon experience. You were there last weekend. I was. I had... I don't often get FOMO. There it is. Yep. Dude, I had FOMO, man. Like, Bro, as you should. It looked so epic. Bandit looked like they put on an epic event. It's unbelievable. The energy of the city. I'm I'm saying right now, I'm running New York City Marathon next year. Let's go. I don't care about PRing or like running sub three. I want to go and soak up that experience. It is. I just got chills. Um, you're even talking about that right now. It is. I was very fortunate and I feel like I was uh, spoiled that my first marathon experience was the New York City Marathon in 2021. Had the opportunity to run for a charity for a close friend at Charity Water. It was exactly three months out from the start. My buddy shot me a text like, hey, a spot opened up. Do you want to, I see you running. Do you want to run New York City Marathon? Maddie and I haven't lived there before. I was like, I didn't even think about it. I even asked Maddie. I was like, yes, sign me up. I'm, I'm in. I never even thought about running a marathon at that point in my life. Running the New York City Marathon through all five boroughs was one of the most beautiful experiences. And then being able for the first time ever last weekend, spectating my first marathon, the FOMO was unbelievable. Like I literally wanted to, in my vintage denim, run out there and finish that. I mean, it, the the energy was electric to be able to see 50,000 runners. When I ran it, I think it was right around 30,000. There was 20,000 more runners. That's insane. Because when I did it, it was the first year back after COVID. And so 50K runners, through all, I mean, there's a million plus spectators. It, I am so excited that you're going to run that next year. It's um I, after I was there, I'm like, I was going to try to run Berlin. I'm like, dude, f it, forget Berlin, dude. I'm going. I'm, I got to run New York. It's been a few years, obviously, since I ran it. So I'll be there with you. I cannot wait. It is um, beautiful time in um, to be in New York. It's at the peak of fall. Uh, a lot of New Yorkers, as you'll find out as you're talking to them, 
and they have no running background. They do not run at all. They're artists, they're whatever, they're in business, they're in finance, they're not athletic. Everyone in New York who lives there and is from there says their favorite day in the city is New York City Marathon Day. It's the most insane thing. The, the amount of support that comes out and everybody jams pack, everybody comes out and supports their borough, whether it's Queens, whether it's the Bronx, whether it's Brooklyn, whether it's Manhattan, whether it's Staten Island. I mean, Staten Island gets definitely like the short end of the stick because you start there and then you go over the Arizona Bridge right into Brooklyn. So there's not a lot of viewership in Staten Island, unfortunately. But it's, um, and oh, dude, it's so challenging. It's such a hard course too because like you've got about a mile plus uphill on the Queensboro Bridge at mile 15 and then it's silent it's the only it's the quietest part of the whole race you're running through brooklyn and then through queens and then you it's i mean everybody's erupting and then you get to the uh, queensboro bridge and it's it's completely silent it's just you and the footsteps for about a mile and a half and then you come off down you wrap around and you go up first ave uh, in manhattan and then that was the only time in my life which i'm excited for you remember this put this away and a year from now when you run new york city you'll know when you come off the queensboro bridge and you come on to first ave there's this turn that you do and i was in a weird part of the race where i was all alone um and i made that turn and as far as i could see through the crowds i couldn't see an end of people there was and i they just erupted as i turned around the corner and i put my hands on my head i was like it felt i felt like i was a pro athlete at that moment it was just me and everybody's cheering it was it's incredible it is it, it is one of those those marathons i feel like uh boston could be similar but in a you know, that one's much more iconic. It's been around 100, you know, 20 years or something. Um, but New York, nobody shows out like New York. It's unreal. The, 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 all the, whether it was with Bandit or other running clubs, the, the events that go on, the days leading up to it, it's just, yeah, man, you got to run it. It's going to be, it's going to be a good one. I mean, like logistically, I can't even wrap my head around how you shut down New York City yep. to put on a race for mm -hmm. 50,000 people. Yep. Not even including the spectators right. and the vendors that come out. And I can only imagine or expect the disruption that happens right. to traffic and mm -hmm. businesses and all but, these things, but also brings in. It does. Uh, but everybody just accepts it. They know like, oh, it's marathon. It's New York marathon weekend. Okay. So we're not going to drive. We're going to walk. Let's take, you know, they plan their whole day around it, whether they go up to central park and be, be near, be near the finish or whether they want to be in their borough and Brooklyn or Queens or the Bronx. And they just, it's an all day affair. It's so insane. It's, it's like, at least in my experience, how I've seen it, like nobody's frustrated by the disruption of their Sunday schedule. That's great. People literally come and partake and all the signs that you're going to see, like there's one that I saw was like, don't poop. <laughs> or there was another one that was like, uh, it was just run period. I mean, there's it, people are just so creative. The kids come out. It is just a very festive, uh, infectious, inspiring race to run. Cause like whether in CIM or previous marathons I've done, it's just like, okay, I got this goal. I'm trying to do this. But like that crowd support is, 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 is unbelievable. And something, um, unfortunately it being my first, nothing will top that. I don't think there'll be another marathon that will, will rival what New York brings. That's like my first ultra marathon was. Mm. Which one was, was that? Lego? Lego 100. Oh, you started, to, I mean, yeah, you started at the freaking top. Yeah. So like, like how do you. Yeah. You know, I'm running a hundred miles to the Rocky Mountains. The sounds thousand meter elevation. Right. I'm like, I'm filling up my water bottles in these natural springs. Stop. The best water I've ever had in my life. Oh my gosh. I'm falling down mountains. I'm seeing these massive trees in just like beautiful landscapes. So that experience was where I set the standard for ultra marathons. Wow. 
And then my second one was Rocky Raccoon, mm-hmm. which is five 20-mile loops in Huntsville, Texas, out by Houston. No way, dude. Completely different. Yep. Mm-hmm. Completely different. So I like I always say I don't think I ever want to go run Leadville again because of how perfect that memory is in my yeah. mind. What about that big one in France? Uh, Mont Blanc. UTMB. Yeah, UTMB. I mean, that looks beautiful. That look, isn't it like 119, like 119? It's like over 100. It's not 100, right? Like, I'm not exactly sure how long, but from the landscapes I've seen of that one, right? beautiful. You, you don't think you'll ever do another 100 mile race? Oh, I'll, I'll definitely do another 100. Okay. But I want to do one that has some some scenery. Yeah. You know, and like some adventure to it. Mm. Yeah. Um, you can, I mean, I think people run races for different reasons. Of course. It doesn't matter what the distance is. Mm-hmm. For me, running an ultra, I either want to unlock something new yeah. in my mind, mm-hmm. my perspective, um, gain a new just opening yeah. uh, for myself. And it's an experience where I can do that. Or I want to be submerged with community mm. and the environment and the course. So that's like kind of the way I look at ultras. Marathon right. for me is it's very different. Very. Yeah. It's, it's a extremely challenging, tough, humbling distance mm. because it's just short enough that you can go really fast, mm-hmm. but it can also break you off long enough to where a lot of bad things could happen. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Why do you love the marathon? Hmm. It's a great question. Yeah, I would definitely echo that. I, it's um, you know having a running background and then taking time off. I st- this is still stuck in my head that my you know my high school coach told me, um, which I did not want to hear it when he told me he's like he's like you are a half marathon you are a marathon guy your build the way that you run the way you train how you like you're not a 5k 10k miler unfortunately which i at the time that's all i wanted to do right um the shorter faster dense uh middle distance races i was like you may not do it for a while you may never do it but you've got that marathon build and so that had just always been in my head for for since he told that to me when i was you know a teenager and then you know when the opportunity came around i was like man like i'm and I finally got into shape and I fell in love with it. Um, I, I mean, after I finished New York, it was just a whole new category of feelings. I'm a very uh, emotional, wear my heart on my sleeve type individual. I think that affects my art. That affects the way I, I, I photograph. That affects the way that I run and I process things. And running has become, especially at that distance in training during a marathon block, you know, hours and hours and hours that you're putting in of training. And, and, and that's a lot of time for me with myself to be able to think through life situations, to problem solve, to, to dream, um, to see where I'm at, to, to, uh, to, to listen to my breathing, to not think about anything at all, to, to study the light that I'm, that I'm running in. Um, I think what's great is about the marathon distance is it just, I, I think I said this before, I don't know where I said it before, but um, I think in my documentary, but um, like being a photographer and running the marathon, like I feel like I have an advantage to just like, check out and just not think about the running aspect of it or the racing part of it. That's just going to come from all the preparation that I've done, but I get to kind of like study the light, study the emotion of of the spectators as I would photographically being out on the streets and taking photos. And so that's been a really 
special um, tool that I was not expecting um, to be there um, that I think allows me to just like check out for a little bit and in a really rough patch and to just like go somewhere different um, as an artist. And that's been a really fun thing. Um, but I just, I don't know, man, like I'm not really competing. I think what's great, especially at my age, like I'm 34. I've probably got another five years, five to six year window of being as fast as I possibly can. And so I take this window very seriously. Um, I, although I know I, people do run faster. I just found out from my PT, there's a guy that goes to my PT place. He's 53 and just ran a 236. So, which is insane. Who, you, what's his name? I don't know. I didn't get his name. I, he told me, I was like, dude, what? You ran a 256? Or excuse me, 236 at a, at a, as a 53 year old? That's just- That's that, like Ken Rydown. Ken Rydown is like 52. Maybe it was him. I have no idea. Does he, he live in Nashville? He does. Oh, it's, that's probably who it was then. He, I, uh, that's unbelievable. He ran sub 230 at, I want to say Chicago. Recently? This past Chicago. Oh my gosh. Dude's an animal. That's a dream. If I can get to that, it'd still be fast. Out, but I just, who knows? You know, life has a, a way of uh, playing things out. But I, um, I just, I'm, 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 I'm like, if you feel properly and start strength training, dude, chill, chill, you might, you might be throwing down dude, some, relax. some numbers. Who knows? Maybe, maybe. I hope so. But yeah, I just kind of looking at, you know, very realistic a mindset. It's like, man, the rest of my 30s, you know, because I feel like marathoners <laughs> do peak in their 30s. I feel like that's their prime time, 33, 34, 35. I'm yeah, at, You know, it's usually, I mean, unless you're that 23-year-old that just broke the world record. Um, shout out, what was it, Kelvin uh, in Chicago? Um, no, man, I, um, I'm just, I don't remember what your original question was. Oh, why do I love the marathon? Uh, I just, it's so challenging. It's so hard. And I, I maybe I run ultras down the road. I'm, I'm intrigued by triathlons. I think that could be, once I run all, uh, six world majors. I think that could be a, a, nat a natural next step. <clears throat> I grew up in the water, I grew up a lifeguard, and so I'm very comfortable there. Um, I know how to ride, but I've never done it for fitness reasons. So um, I've been, yeah, just thinking about triathlons a lot lately um, as I'd like to kind of try my hand with that. But right now, like the marathon is, it just gives me everything I want. It gives me enough challenge, even this block. Like I'm trying to navigate the newness of be becoming a father, of uh, work picking up and traveling picking up and I've never had to juggle those things in my previous two builds. And so now that's here, it's like, okay, this is different. Don't like this. What can I do for the next one? What can I learn? Obviously, like family comes first for me. Um, this has become second and work. And then it's marathon prep and build. So um, I'm, I, I've just been learning, man, trying to not beat myself up. You know, I'm very hard on myself because like I don't, I'm not competing against others. I'm competing against myself and I'm competing against the clock. I don't have a lot of time to be fast. Again, I hope I'm wrong um, that I can run, you know, competitively like this uh, longer than four or five years, but just trying to be realistic and, you know, take advantage of these um, these prime years that I have right now and to to race as much as I can, but to be smart, um, to recover well, um, but also not to, not to forget to enjoy it because like yeah. these previous two marathons, man, I have had so much fun, so much fun. Like, yes, I have PR'd, you know, I've, I've, I've done well in the previous two ones, but I'm like, Above all, I have just enjoyed how hard it is. I've enjoyed the pain. I've enjoyed the discomfort, the, the week following a marathon, and I can't put on my shoes and I can't walk downstairs. All I mean, we're psychopaths. I mean, we love to be in that pain cave. We love the discomfort. Um, I love just being thrown in. And this is even for, for uh, my my photography life. I love being thrown in uncomfortable positions and, and, and conditions. And I think the marathon is that, it, like tomorrow. Dude, I do not want to do this workout, but I do 
and I'm going to do it. And I'm just, I'm excited for how bad it's going to hurt and how much it's going to suck and how miserable it's going to be. But I'm also, it takes me to a place mentally that is so, so pure and so beautiful because of the work that I've done or even the lack thereof and some of the workouts I've missed. It's just, it's, I'm in a spot now where I'm like, you know what, whatever happens uh, for this, this CIM race uh, is going to happen. And, um, but I'm going to, what I'm excited about is given everything that I've gone through this build, um, I'm going to absolutely give it my best and I'm going to empty the tank. And if that's a PR, awesome. If it's not, I'll be bummed, but it'll motivate me for, uh, for Boston even more. No, I love that. Yeah. I personally love the marathon. Yeah. It's my favorite thing to train for. It's the perfect distance. I think it is the perfect distance. And um, I have, I've been having this conversation with Steph recently. Mm. I think- she, she gonna run? <laughs> no, 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 she's not gonna <laughs> run. But we've been talking about how everyone needs to find that one thing that, that sets their soul on fire. Mm. And I'm not saying an entire marathon prep can or should set your soul on fire. Right. But once taper week- hits and you tow the line for that race mm -hmm. that is an internal feeling yep that it's it's a flame it is that you can feel take over your entire body and that flame lasts the, the duration of that whole race until you cross mm -hmm. that finish line mm -hmm. and you put everything out there and the results are objective yep that clock mm -hmm. is a measure of how well you performed how well you prepared how disciplined and committed you were to the process right that's like what I love about race day is mm. it's an opportunity for the people who fall in love with it to light your soul on fire again. Right. Yeah. But I also think to, to love the marathon, that is something you have to earn. Yeah. Because just going to run your first marathon, if anyone's thinking about running their first marathon or has run one marathon before, but hasn't fully prepared, mm -hmm. they might be hearing this thing. You're, you're full of shit. Right. Like there's no way. Yeah. And what I mean by you have to earn that love is yeah. when you put in the work and you're fully prepared and you go through a build and it's been a, a successful build and you get to the point where we're at right now, yep. you're at peak, volume has accumulated, you're mm -hmm. holding so much fatigue, you're about to go into a taper, shed that fatigue, and then show up feeling so fresh with right. almost a new set of legs. Yes, exactly. And then you get to go light your soul on fire and yeah. run the race of your, your dreams. Mm -hmm. That is earned love. Yeah. And like you said, it is a great distance where you can go really fast for uh, a long period of time, mm -hmm. but it, it's long enough to break you off. And if you, yeah. if you don't respect the yeah. distance yep. in the race, it will humble you very quickly. Yep. Have you hit a, a wall in a marathon yet? Oh yeah. Which I, it was like, yeah, I, the last one you did, I think maybe you... Stopped and like took a gel or salt tablet. Or, uh, I cramped up fully at mile 21. And it was in Buffalo? It was in Buffalo. Okay. Yeah. Like my first couple of marathons, I didn't, I didn't prepare for okay. well. That's why I ran like over four hours. Mm -hmm. Hit the wall at mile 16. Mm. And then it was a run walk the rest of the way. And so it was preparation. It wasn't uh, nutrition during the race. Correct. Was that you was had all, fuel. You had all that ready to go. That was all was, lack of preparation. Gotcha. Okay. I didn't follow a, an actual training program. Gotcha. And I was like 230 pounds. I was a bodybuilder then. Dang. Yeah. But um, in Buffalo, I cramped around mile 21 and I could feel it seizing. Yeah. You know, I could feel it pulsing uh, oh, the miles leading up to. Brutal. But what I also love and hate about the marathon mm -hmm. distance, on race day, there's so many highs and lows yep. over the course of, of that 26.2 miles. Right. 
mile 10, you might be like, holy crap, I went out way too hot. This yep. first couple of miles, I'm feeling this. Yep. Mile 14, four miles later, you're like cruising, yep. feeling great. Mile 18, low again. Mile 21, high. 23, low. And like, you're just trying to get to the finish line. Right. And holding a pace that's going to allow you to either PR or hit your goal. Exactly. But that that window is so tight. It is. Like when I cramped in Buffalo, I knew I had 90 seconds to play with. Because you're uh, being just being ahead of pace or, or I was ahead you were of pace, to roll. but right. like gotcha. I had to stop because of full body cramps. Wow. And I was going for sub 250. Yep. And I knew if I lost 90 seconds by those cramps, mm-hmm. there's no way I was going to run sub 250. Wow. So that that window of error is so small when it you're is. going for a, a, a competitive PR for yourself. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely, yeah, definitely nervous for this, this race as I've had no issues the previous two. Like I have, maybe just because of, uh, I had really two, two really good builds on those two marathons, but like aside from like mile 24 at New York, my hamstring cramped up a little bit in Central Park and I grabbed Gatorade really quickly. I was right by aid station and it went away pretty quickly. And then CIM was like a breeze, man. Like I felt nothing. Like it was weird. Like, I mean, low 150 heart rate, which got me, I feel like that was the best shape I've ever been in my life was when I towed the line for CIM. I feel like I was probably in better shape then than I am now, but I still feel I've learned a lot. You know, I've, I've I, you know, it's been a long year, but I'm just, uh, there's two marathons. I just have not hit anything, but I know that the marathon distance does not give a flying rip how nope. prepped you are, how not prepped you are, how you, you eat that week, how, what your story is. It cares it is completely unbiased. So I know that is it is inevitable that I will hit a wall eventually. Is it going to be this marathon? Will it be Boston? Will it be New York next year? So I'm like, I'm just, it's, a, it's like a weird headspace I'm in because I know, again, those first two ones were relatively easy for me to get through. And I know that everybody hits that wall at some point, whether it's GI issues, whether it's whatever. I, I'm like, oh my gosh, is this going to be the one? And what's going to happen mentally? when it does come because it is inevitable um i could get lucky and it may not be this one but i'm just kind of preparing for it to just be an absolute battle i think it's going to be a war this one for me personally um and i'm ready for it i'm actually ready for the challenge i'm ready that i'm not in the best shape that i would like to be in uh it gives me a lot of opportunity to just test myself to prove to myself that um given the 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 discomfort of um an unideal build I'm, I'm excited to um push the envelope a little bit and push the boundaries and see what uh because i think i'm a benefit that i do have is just like the the mental um reps of just being a runner for a long time like i know what it's like to be in painful situations and running and i'm hoping that that history of me being a runner will come back in the pain cave that cim will be because i know it's going to happen i just i can feel it I can feel it, but yeah, man, I'm, 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 I'm going to embrace it all. I can't wait. I do want to talk about the wall. Mm. I think there's something to talk about there. I agree. I'm going to say something, but before I say something, I want to hand over oh. these beats to y'all. I want you to try these beats. This episode is by no means sponsored by the beats. <laughs> they should be though, dude. We should, they should be sponsored by these beats. I've been so excited, man. I've been talking these up to you for yes, a long time now. Yes, you have. And, uh, so, you know, Steph and I get these at the <laughs> farmer's market. Oh at 12 South every Tuesday. But you cleared them out. Dude, so last week was the last uh, farmer's market at 12 South until the spring. Oh my gosh, dude. 
So I went, they're called Bratton and Jones Farms. And I went to their booth and I was like, guys, I know this is the last, uh, the last farmer's market of the season right. here. Please tell me you have some beets here. Cause sometimes they don't because it's a very labor intensive process to make. Right. He had an entire case, 12 jars for me. So I bought all 12 jars. Oh my gosh. I don't know what it is about these beets, but they're just so good. The ingredients are beets, onions, cider vinegar, water, cinnamon, mustard seed, allspice, and salt. Oh, I can already. My I'm going to hand these over to you. Does to Steph try. like these? Steph loves them. Okay. Oh my gosh. Here we go. So if you're listening to this episode and not watching, I just handed Joe the beets. Not sponsored by these. Not beets, sponsored. Even though they should be. All right, here we go. And I will tell you, like even Jeff, my running coach. Mm hmm. Did you send him some? No, I haven't. But he's like, you know, we're not, we're not, he's like, we're not doing anything different in this marathon prep really compared to previous marathon preps. Right. He's like, what, what are you doing anything different? I said, Close the beats. Jeff, I'm eating half a jar of beets a day. Dude. Okay. Okay. I might have to, hold on. Here we go. First taste test. Oh, wow. They're unique. It's the mustard seed, the allspice and the cinnamon that really pulls out some flavor. Wow. The mustard seed, that's phenomenal. The jar's for you. I don't know what. Oh, you should, here, well, you got to get got to get in here oh, too. I've had, I've had half a jar already. Today yeah. already? Okay. Hopefully this will help my 22-mile uh, tomorrow. Oh, my goodness. So my lunch that I have every day is ground beef, rice. Stop. Uh, half a, primal Kitchen's beef. buffalo sauce, coconut minos, Greek yogurt, Dude, and then a bunch of beets. They're so good. Dude, those are so freaking good. Sometimes, I may have to eat these all and not bring them home to Maddie. Sometimes but she's probably going to be upset about that. Sometimes at night before we go to bed, yeah. I'll be laying in bed, getting ready to fall asleep, and it pops in my head. I'm like, I should eat some more beets. So I go into the kitchen. I grab some beets. Before you go to bed. And I get back in bed, and Steph's like, I can smell that on you. Go brush your teeth. Oh, my goodness. Dude, that is so good. So they're not right. going to be back until April? Well, I think you can go to yeah, that other farmer's markets. They told me I could send them an uh, email, and I could go pick some up at the farm. Oh, my gosh. You got to let me know, because I'm going to have to go do that. That Incredible, is though. so freaking good. Allspice, wow. Wow. Yep, definitely worth the hype. Told you. Definitely worth, worth the hype. Dude, this should be the new sponsor next year for I know. your podcast. I know. The Pickle Beets. But also, a also, pickle Beet flavor gel, dude. I'd be all about that. Yo, that would be. That'd be the collaboration of the century. <laughs> that would be it. That's the one. Bratton and Bear. <laughs> Bratton and Bear. <laughs> oh, I love that. So this, this wall, mm -hmm. um, I love the concept of the wall. Yeah. Mm. Because... When you hit this wall in either a big workout or or a race, yeah. Sometimes people think that the wall is physical when it's mental, and then sometimes mm -hmm. vice versa. Mm -hmm. It's hard to distinguish between the two. Mm -hmm. Do you think that you hit a physical or a mental wall more often? That's a great question. In the race, um, hmm. I would I would say from looking back on my previous two, it definitely would be mental over physical. Um, but this coming CIM has the ingredients for it to be both um, because of how the build has gone. The physical has potential to do some damage that the mileage may not be there for the goal that I'm trying to do. Um, but I'm also going to, I'm going to go for it and I'm going to try my best and see what happens. Um, and then if that, if I do start feeling stuff in the hamstring, then obviously the mental starts to creep in and then it starts to take over. Oh my gosh, it's only mile 16. 
I got 10 more miles. I'm feeling it. it pinch up. I'm feeling it tighten up. Can I stop? Do I have time to stop? How much time do I have? What like, oh, I'm not near an aid station. Oh my gosh. Or what if I'm not near, if I have to go to the bathroom, which hasn't happened in a race and hopefully it doesn't. But I think the mental, oh my gosh, the mental wall, I think is sometimes even more dangerous than the physical. Yeah. People cramp up. You can take salt tablets. You can stop. You can go to aid stations and get helped out. I mean, you stopped for 90 seconds or less, took some stuff, and then you were able to get in and continue and, and yeah. went sub 250, right? Um, but I think if that that mental wall, man, it's, I mean, my coach would always tell me growing up, and I and again, as a young kid, I was like, dude, there's no way. He's like, Joe, running's 80% mental, 20% physical. I was like, dude, you're crazy. You're not out here running this. This is hard. But then as I've matured and gotten older, it is 100% more, whether it's 80 or 90, whatever, it's a high number of it being predominantly mental and then the lesser being physical. Obviously you got to put in work. You got to log miles. You got to do strength training, which I will do next block. You got to eat right. You got to do all those things. But I feel like the mental toll that it takes, um, especially on race day, when you feel something that you haven't felt during a build, or you felt, feel something that wasn't there during the taper, or even my first marathon, again, knew nothing about marathon, knew nothing about taper. What the hell is a taper? I don't know. I'm learning as I'm going. Apparently, these ghost injuries that pop up, these taper ghost phantom injuries that come up during taper. Have you had any of those? Every time. Dude, that Every first time. one, I mean, perfect build. I was the best shape of my life heading into New York. Start tapering down. And then all of a sudden, I had an ankle issue. And I was like, oh my God, dude, all this work I put in, I'm running for charity. I'm, I have to drop out, dude. And I, my coach was like, Joe, relax. This is the thing called phantom injuries, tapering. It just, it's real. It's so real. And I'm like, for two weeks, I had issues with this ankle every day. And I'm like trying to, I'm rolling out. I'm doing new new stretches. I'm in New York City the night before. I'm still feeling it. I wake up the day of the marathon, gone. Yep. I get there, dude, gone. And I and that is just, and then again, for people who run often, they may be familiar with that. But for me, that was such a new concept. I was like, there's no way, like, how is it possible that I'm feeling this? Like, and so that's a mental uh, barrier uh, that now I know. I'm like, okay, that's just, there's probably nothing wrong. Let's get to, you know, let's just wake up, get a good night's sleep. And that's been the case for the previous two ones. But that mental barrier of of, of the wall, I think is more intimidating to me than the physical. Um, obviously, if something happens, if I, you know, uh, like Emma Bates, professional runner for ASICS, she stepped in a pot. I just got to meet her for the first time this past weekend. She runs for ASICS. She stepped in a pothole. I mean, she's a 220, low 220s marathoner. I mean, uh, I think 222 is what she was going for. But she stepped in a pothole and like fractured her foot at what like mile? 15. Like 15. And she finished the race and ran a 224. Oh, I, wow. I mean, fact check me on the time, but it's right around there. But she was able, and she's in a boot now. And uh, I mean, she is in a big recovery process. But the fact that like something like that can happen and you go through a, a massive injury and then yeah. you finish, run 11 more miles. Like if something happens to me and my hamstring starts to hurt, I'm going to be thinking about Emma. I was like, dude, do not be a wuss right now and finish this damn race. And so uh, there's things like that, like in the physical where people can have a crazy accident in a race and still be able to gut it out. And so I'm excited to like, I haven't experienced that yet in a marathon. And I know it's coming eventually, but like to have a pure guts race, I'm ready for it. I I hope it doesn't come, but if it does, I welcome it with open arms. Um, but I think for me, it's like, I'd much rather have a physical wall than a mental wall. Cause I think the mental wall, man, I'm, it, it's, 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 it, it's tough. That's, that's why I think a, a real, solid prep and build exactly is so necessary because everyone thinks that going through 
like a real training program, mm -hmm. a properly structured training program for a race, right. just sets you up for success physically. But I would argue that it helps you to navigate the experience of this mental wall during mm -hmm. a race. Yeah, like this, absolutely. This, this big run and workout we're doing tomorrow, mm -hmm. this structured 22 miler. Our runs look a little different, yep. but we're both going to be approaching it the same way. The, the mental adaptations and stimulus that we get from these big workouts, the stress, yeah. the anxiety, uh, it builds confidence. It does. See, that's exactly it. Like if my run goes well tomorrow, given everything that's happened the last six weeks, my, menta my, my mental game is going to completely change. If it goes well and I hit my times and I don't have to, whatever, my hamstring doesn't give me issues, I'm going to be heading into this taper way more confident. Like, okay, maybe maybe closer to 230, sub 230 is, is possible. If it's not, if I'm, if it just the fitness isn't there, even though I feel like it is, but if I'm not able to hit it how I hope to hit it and hit the splits I need to hit, then it's like, okay, let's pull back. Let's let's readjust the goal. But like a, tomorrow, that's a good point because I feel like so much information, I'm going to learn so much tomorrow. Uh, yep. Around 8.30, 9 a.m. When I'm, when I'm wrapping up, it's going to be like, okay, now I know the plan for Sam. It's going to either go this way, it's going to go this way. And so um, it's crazy how these long workouts gives you so much fuel mentally um heading in especially at the tail end heading into the taper week um and i feel like i haven't had a lot of those opportunities and so this is my last one and i'm really excited for it yeah, yeah i had my my big 21 miler two weeks ago right and you know when you finish the big marathon paced segments and you just have cooldowns left oh it's the best it's the freaking best and i had this like i'm 20 miles in mm -hmm. i had this i finished the the workout all i had was a cooldown and this just burst of energy goes through me because I hit my stoked. paces. Yep. Oh yeah. And I'm I just like, that. I'm just hitting my hands together, yep. being like, "Hell yes!" Yep. Like, Were you cooling down at like six forties? Yeah. Because yeah, you're just you're, I'm you're still just, cruising. You're still jacked. Yeah, yeah. I'm still. That's like you know the, the cool down after you're holding six minute miles. Mm -hmm. It's always still fast. That's crazy. You said because I literally did that two days ago, having a, a smaller workout. It was like 13 miles, but I did the same thing. I was so excited when I was able to get through it. Um, like, where do you think that comes from? Just from being able to. Just hit the hit the splits, hit the workouts, knowing that you're near the end and and things are looking right. Yeah, I think it's just it's a confidence booster of mm -hmm. wow, I'm on pace. This was very intimidating before starting it this morning, mm -hmm. and I just did it, which is putting me one step closer to accomplishing Absolutely. my goal. That's why I'm a I, I've been talking a lot recently about setting the conditions. Yeah, these big workouts. You know, whether it's your speed workout in the middle of the week or mm -hmm. your big workout on the weekend in preparation for a marathon, those aren't just helping you physically get faster. Right. But they're 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 reinforcing this mental and emotional confidence going right. into race day. Yeah. So we should be setting the conditions yeah, to good. succeed in these workouts because yep. yes, physically we're getting better, but mentally yeah. and emotionally it's making us stronger too. So true. So like sleep. Mm. recovery, staying off your feet, um, eating the right foods, right. carving up, hydration, water consumption, yep. mindset, like all those things set the conditions. You sleeping on the couch. Yeah. Like that is setting the conditions right. so that you can succeed mm -hmm. to build the mental and physical confidence going right. to that workout and then getting closer to race day. Absolutely. And it's kind of like filling that mental tank, which I feel like I have never thought about it in that way. Heading into, I'm thinking about the physical tank, right? I'm, I'm trying to fuel, trying to top off all those levels to make sure I'm carbon right. I'm staying hydrated, but it's like, you got to fill that mental tank too. Because that, I mean, when you're out there and it's just you, yeah, there's people running around you. Yeah, you may have people cheering you. 
Um, but like making sure that that mental tank is is full heading into the into the race, I think is such um, something I'm going to be thinking about this next uh, 23 days. How can I how can I get that that tank as close to full as possible uh, mentally, um, knowing um, the pre- preparation or lack thereof or whatever it is. Um, yeah, that's good. That's, I'm going to be thinking about that. Because mm. sometimes people in a, in a big race, right. they're on pace for right. the time they want, but they mentally give up on themselves. Yeah. And you, know, you talk to them afterwards, what happened? Oh, it got hard. Mm. It's supposed to be hard. It's supposed to be hard. Yeah. That's like, that's right. why we sign up for it. Yep, exactly. That's why we prepare for it. Yep. You're not going out and, you know, I, I text my my coach Jeff after some of these big workouts. Yep. Like I'll, I'll crush a Wednesday morning workout. Mm-hmm. And he'll be like, how was it? I'll be like, yeah, I hit all my times. It was hard. I'm not going to lie. He said, yep. it's supposed to be. Yep. Mm, that's good. Ah, yeah, you're right. Yep. Yeah, I'm supposed to be putting out this this big, big effort. Right. It yeah. shouldn't be smooth all the time. 100%. Yep. So how, do you feel, be honest, are you going to break 245? I think I might break 240. I think you're going to crush it, dude. I think you will break 240. I'm feeling- If conditions are right, weather's right, it's not humid, which it shouldn't be. I do. I think- I'm feeling strong. Okay, because that's why I was, I was curious. Is like, are you just like, oh, I'm just going to go out at 244 pace, whatever that is, or are you going to like, you know what? These last two months, these workouts have been stacking. These times are dropping. Your splits are getting faster. Surely that's like, have you talked with Jeff? Like, hey, I think I need to like, yeah, the goal's- t- Sub two forty five, but I'm at like two thirty nine, two thirty eight pace. Like, is that what you're thinking? Are you making changes? I'm, I'm gonna play it safe. Okay. And like, would you have like a halftime? Like, as long as I can roll through the half at yeah one eighteen, one nineteen. If I'm if I'm on pace and feeling really good at half, mm-hmm. I'll try to start negative splits. Okay. But good. what I don't want to do is go out too hot in the beginning. Absolutely not. And then burn it up. Yep. Where I'm just trying to hold on at the end. Gotcha. That's the worst. Oh, one hundred percent. It's the worst. Yep. So I'm going to go out pretty conservatively in the beginning smart. and then see how it feels. Yeah. See how it feels in that second half. Yep. But this has been my most successful prep to date. It's the best I feel. It's the freshest I feel. Mm. Um, And I think a lot of it's just the compounding consistency of miles being logged, what I'm learning about myself and running. How much of it do you think is um, to the, how much do you attribute the success of this build to the radical change in your life of moving to a new state, moving to a new city, yeah. moving your business, getting a new place, you know, Charlie getting older. I mean, like, do you, do you have you, cause you've been here, what, three, three, and three months, months, three months, a marathon build. Right. So like, do you see that as a benefit to the build? Um, have, right, so. Having a new route, having Hills for the first time and what, however long you've been training and running. Uh, I've been curious about that. Like how much of that's playing a role in the success of of this build? I think it's huge. Yeah. Because right now I am very creatively inspired. Mm. I knew that a, 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 a physical change. Of scenery, yeah. Of scenery or just, just change in general would facilitate growth in my personal and professional life. That's great. So hitting new routes, spending more time on hills, mm-hmm. for example. Yep. Uh, running... In Tennessee, in the fall, where the leaves are changing. Oh, weather's nice. It's cold. Weather's nice. You're just like, I can't believe I'm running in this canopy of mm-hmm. of trees where there's yellows and reds and browns and greens and all these different colors. Exactly. Stunning. Yep. And then this is the first phys- fitness prep that I've ever done where I've been all in and not all consumed. Right. And we talked about we this. Yeah. Where historically, when I go into one of these fitness preps, I'm all consumed by the training, the diet, 
every aspect of it. Yeah. And what I found is when you're all consumed and you're worried about all these different variables, it's mm-hmm. just an added layer of stress on the already additional stress of training. Yeah. So I think being all in versus all consumed, new scenery, focusing on my family. Mm, that's good. Enjoying the process, actually enjoying the process. Yeah. And then being out of the day-to-day of the business and focusing more on creative brand amplification. Yeah. Which is my creative genius. It's what yeah. I love. Right. I have, again, set the conditions. Mm. Not even necessarily intentionally. Right, yeah. But the conditions are, yeah, yeah the, organically, the, the conditions are set to allow me to succeed at the goal that I set. Yeah. So everything feels right. That's, that's awesome. That's incredible. Dude, no, I'm, I'm amped. I'm actually stoked now for tomorrow. What have you found that running has done for, for your creativity? Mm. What, when you started running more, did it have an impact? Did it change your photography? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The lens in which you, you view right. making a photo? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's man, it is absolutely categorically just changed my life and changed um, my business, how I work, how I think, how I yeah, see, view the world through that lens, right? It's, um, as I alluded to er- earlier, like running, you know, being very extroverted. Um, I'm around a lot of people often for work and just, I enjoy, you know, being social. Running is my place to be an introvert. It is a place to myself to, to work through situations to problem solve to work through creative things to dream about what i want to accomplish creatively um, or photographically so that running has become for me an incredibly sacred space especially now becoming a father and um as soon as i get home it's like all right maddie and i work from home so it's just like dad mode right but that hour and a half sometimes two hours sometimes less in the morning before they wake up is my time to work, to pray, to think, or to work through situations, to think, to pray, to recognize beautiful light, especially right now, this early winter, late fall light, it just hits differently. The sun's in a different place because we just had daylight savings time and you've got that that mist happening and all the fall colors. Man, it is just so inspiring to me this time of year to run. It's one of my favorite times to run. And then spring is a close second. Um, but there are times too where I'm like, I'm, I have a very a photographic lens on when I run and I'm like looking at things, I'm noticing certain situations and moments like, oh, I'd make a photo if, if I was, you know, have my camera on me, which I don't run with a camera. I've, I tried it and uh, it was, I was very close to rolling my ankle and I was like, nah, this isn't worth it. You know, I can't constantly stop and take a photo and it, it just didn't work for me. So it's it's, it's an opportunity that I look um, at to be able to sharpen uh, my eye and to sharpen my lens to to view life through a frame, which I do always, but to be able to not take the photo is so tough. Because I mean, there's been one time specifically, I'll never forget this. I was in Radnor Lake. It was when I was first started running uh, 2020, again, running again, 2021. I'm running around Rad- 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 Radnor Lake and I'm actually finishing. So I'm running back to my car and I'm coming down this hill. There's no one else around me. And walking towards me up this hill was a group in the middle of the forest around this. I mean, I'm telling you, there's, was a group of about eight nuns, like my age, young, just all walk. And I'm I'm like looking around like, what? This is one of the most bizarre, beautiful scenes 
I've ever seen. Like in, in the middle of this forest. And I'm like, and I didn't have my iPhone. I didn't have my camera on me. And I had to just sit there in this incredibly special moment. And they were like laughing and having a conversation and they were so invested in what they were doing. And it was torturous to be able to not make a photograph of that environment, which naturally if I had seen that and in a normal photographic setting, I would have made that photo instantly or maybe made multiple or maybe introduced myself and because it was just so perfect. The light was incredible. Uh, the movement was right. The emotion was there. And I just had to absorb it and take it in and to watch it and to study it. Like, oh, what, like, wait, would I have been able to do it technically? Was there enough light for how I shoot film? Like, And so running has given me that so much where I see a scene or I see a moment. I'm like, okay, would this make a good photograph? How would I do it? Would I, would I get closer? Would I pull back a little bit? Would I, um, am I shooting towards, am I shooting backlit? Or like, it's just, it's been so good to be able to just use running as an opportunity to sharpen my eye and to um, continue to grow and learn. Um, I don't, I'm not, I'm the type of photographer where I don't just, I don't have an off switch. I don't like, I'm constantly thinking about photographs. I'm constantly thinking about, as I alluded in the last one, um, just how to make a photograph that stands the test of time. And that is no different when I lace up my shoes and I go run for 70 minutes or for two and a half hours. Um, it's, uh, so what it does for me creatively is is unbelievable. Um, it's, uh, I think a big thing too is it is it is a place where I dream. I think that is, uh, especially now with being a father and having Oliver here, it's, um, it's just changed the way that I think about work. It's changed the way, um, how much I work, how much I want to do for him to give him a life that myself and Maddie did not have. And, and so running is a place for me to work through these situations. Jeff was just talking to you before we got here. It's like, okay, it's time for me to get back on the horse and bring my YouTube back. You know, mm -hmm. I'm sitting on this dormant YouTube channel that's got over hundred K subscribers that I post one video a year just because I don't like editing. I don't really know how to edit. I'm not good at it. And, but now I've got a, a dude in Franklin who's going to be able to help me out. And it's like, okay, that's, that's something I've been thinking about a lot in the last two months. It's like, man, how am I going to get my, my, my YouTube up and up and running? But like, how do I do it in a way that's fresh and and unique and something that I will be proud looking back on that um, Oliver will be able to enjoy when he's older, that Maddie will be able to look back with great memories. Um, how can I build a library of, of, of films uh, for my family. And so it's been really cool to just work through these things. You know, I'm prepping, you know, my next book, which is going to be um, for my time in India. So I'm just constantly working through um, situations there. I, you know, um, I'm thinking about, I mean, it's time for me. It's a place for even me uh, to uh, work through marriage issues. If, you know, many are good now, but if there are ever issues, it's just, a, it's a time for me to just problem solve, man. And I don't know if you're the same way. Do you just like shut off? Do you think about work and creativity and family life or dreams? Or are you just like locked into the workout, which there are times where I am and I have like tomorrow, I'm not going to be thinking about the yeah. photo I'm taking. I'm like, okay, I got to get through this damn workout or Sam's going to look really different. Um, so there are times where that switch comes off and I, you know, I'm focused in on hitting my splits, fueling right, making sure I'm, you know, if I stop to do a shoe change, it's not too long, which tomorrow will be. But like, I'm curious about that for you. Do you, do you is it easy for you to check out and to kind of go somewhere else um, to kind of get you through those runs or you allow your mind to just wander or are you kind of like locked in? Um, yeah. I think when, when you said it's your sacred time, mm. that really resonated with me. Yeah. I know we, we ran together last week. Yeah. On, that was uh, a good one. On Tuesday. But I typically don't run with people. Same. I enjoy running by myself. Yep. And usually when people reach out to me asking to run together, mm -hmm. I always turn it down. Yep. Because that is my well, sacred. I feel, I feel honored. I that, feel honored. 
I wanted it for the video too. <laughs> nice, dude. But I, I enjoyed our run for sure. <laughs> Classic. Takes I enjoyed. Beats. I enjoyed Takes the run. More beats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I. That is like my sacred time. It is. Yeah. And uh, when I hit my Wednesday speed workouts, I'm dialed in. Yep. Just like you said, I'm focused on that that segment that I'm in. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about the upcoming segment, and I'm trying to hold pace, and I'm just there in it, present. And then for these big marathon pace workouts like tomorrow's i'll be the same way i'm not really thinking about life or creativity or exactly or business yep but for the remainder of my runs throughout the week mm-hmm. i never really go into a run saying i'm going to navigate this chapter no, part not. of my life no definitely not but it just, it just comes it comes at 100 that's exactly how it is because there'll be a time where i'm literally for an easy hour run all i'm thinking about is breaking sub 230 and I'm putting myself, I'm visualizing myself doing that. I throw myself in the the, 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 the the ecosystem of CIM. I know the course, I've run it before. So that's that's happened a lot over the last three months. It's just like, okay, I, I know what, what the system is with the buses and where the porta potties are. And I'm like working through the start. I know that first hill at the beginning, there's another little bridge at the end. So I'm constantly working through um, that. But then there are times where like, it'll just, something will come in my head and I'll, I'll for 30 minutes, I'll zone out. And I'll, I'll be thinking about that thing. But you're right. You never wake up and like, today I'm going to think about how to solve this financial issue in my in business. It's never like that. But it is those things. I just give myself the um, the freedom to allow it, my mind to just go wherever it is. Yep. You know? And there's times where it's been, it's gone, you know, it's, it's, it's gone pretty intense in terms of just like trauma that I'm working through or situations and I'm not going through it. Like this is going to be a good therapy session for me. It's just like, something i'll see something a random thought will pop in my head and, and I'll, I'll give myself yeah the, the the freedom to just explore that thought and to see what happens and to see what comes to my mind it is pretty powerful where your your mind will focus on the thing that is highest priority at 100%. that point in your life yep so if i'm it's crazy if i'm having it's crazy a fight with steph mm-hmm. i will navigate and you dissect. ate all the sourdough <laughs> <laughs> ate all the sourdough <laughs> She ate all the beads. I ate all the sourdough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like my, my, that will just pop in my head and I will start dissecting and, and navigating that right. with a very, with a lot of clarity, mm. a lot of clarity. See, that's it. And uh, whether it's a business issue that I'm dealing with or yeah, usually it's interpersonal mm. problems that I'm navigating. Right. And if, if I don't run, those just sneak up and compound. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the only way to describe it is when I'm running consistent, consistently and regularly yeah. and I'm introducing or incorporating these runs that, that allow the freedom yeah. of clarity, mm-hmm. I'm sitting in a room and the water is kept at a minimal level. Mm. And when I don't run or I don't, for, for everyone, it's probably not running. It might be yeah. meditation. Yeah. Another or, form of physical activity too. Yeah, you some know, sort like of cycling movement. Cycling or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Something that allows you the, the freedom of mental clarity yeah. to mm-hmm. navigate life's problems. Absolutely. When I'm not doing something like that, I'm in this room, the water is to rise. slowly rising mm-hmm. and it gets right where I have one nostril left, mm-hmm. you know, and you're, you're just, you're about to drown. Wow. And it, that's the only way I can describe it. So I need that in my life now. Mm. Like running for me is, at this chapter of my life, it's essential. Maybe, maybe right. 
years down the road, like it won't be running. It'll be something else. Of course, right. And before running, it was more bodybuilding, more strength stuff. Like what was that for you prior to that, that running bug that you caught? I don't know if I had anything before. Mm. I don't know if I had anything before running. I started running right before meeting Steph. Mm-hmm. I'd say right before, I don't want to say life got complicated, but life sure. got more complex. Mm-hmm. The business started to grow. We hired more employees. Um, met Steph, got married, started a family. Yep. You know, life becomes more complex the older you get. Mm-hmm. And then you're trying to navigate all these transitions yeah. and questions and Am I doing the right thing? Am I spending enough time on my marriage? Am I spending enough time on my business? Um, So running was introduced into my life, I would say at the right time. Perfect time, wow. To be able to truly navigate that next season. Yeah, and that's why looking back on it, it, it's become a really sacred space for you because it came to you at at the right time. Clarity, so much clarity has come from it, but then you've also had enough... um, I guess perspective, be able to pull back and look at, okay, sometimes when I'm not running, that water starts to rise, which I think is such a beautiful thing to think about. Um, uh, and I absolutely feel the same way, especially like after a marathon, like when I'm not running and I'm trying to recover, it's like those three weeks, two weeks, a month, or I'm just like, I get so antsy and so uneasy. And I just want to get back out. Like, yeah. like one of my favorite things that Maddie thinks I'm crazy, but it's like, I, I, the last few years I've gone on Christmas runs, like in the morning, like before anybody's up, I mean, it's like early, it's dark out. And I just like, but Maddie, she's like, can you not do that this year? I'm like, I, it's just so magical. And I just, even though it'll be right after CIM, um, hopefully I can, that'll be my first run back. But no, I love that. That's, um, yeah. That's do you have good. a run off the top of your head that has been the, the best run of your life that you can think of? Yeah. The best run of my life. See, that's so... Is it good because of a hard workout that I hit? Is it good because of just an experience, the light, the atmosphere? That's what I'm trying to think. Because there's one that, I guess, there's two that really come. A workout, I, I would say it was in Central Park for my CIM build last year. Maddie and I had just came back from Thailand. We had found out we were pregnant with Oliver. We, we had, it was a crazy month of travel. We were in, yeah, we came back from Thailand. We were in New York for a week before we had to go to Germany. Um, and during that week in New York, it was in like mid-October. So it was like right in the heart of, you know, a good, the meaty part of the CIM build. And I, um, or it was the, towards the end of, uh, of uh, it was before New York City Marathon, but late October. And I just had a, it was a workout where everything just clicked. Everything fell in place. I was able to do this 13 mile workout in Central Park. Central Park's my second favorite place to run ever it, it, something happens when i'm in that part where having lived there before my love for the city it was in fall i mean i just it was the best work i've ever done um because all the pieces hit at the right time um it was a, like a 5 30 6 a.m run um it, it just yeah that was uh that one just sticks in my in my mind is that um, the one in your doc exactly yeah that I, one. I remember i remember seeing the energy in your oh when i eyes. finished and i was just like because it just finally it all clicked everything i and i had just laid some some just some some bad eggs and workouts prior to that and it was the one and maybe you have one for this build where it just like clicked and every effort felt right hit your splits faster than your splits and you had target time and then i mean didn't for 13 miles didn't stop once it was just like the perfect 
combination of everything that should have happened happened even better because I was ahead of my split time. So that was that. But I would say like when I could do my sunrise beach runs in Florida, that's that's a very spiritual experience. That's my favorite place to run, hands down. It's um so I've very fond memories in the last few years of running in St. Augustine because the beaches are massive. I mean, I maybe I'm not even exaggerating, probably like a football field wide. They are so wide. Um, and it's just like, yeah, getting there as you see the, you hear the ocean, uh, the waves crash in, you feel that ocean breeze hitting you. As soon as that sun comes up, it gets like 15 degrees hotter because it's in Florida in August. Um, so you got to get out really early. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's a very special place, especially going up in Florida too. There's just a lot of nostalgia wrapped in that. Um, but yeah, I love running in Florida. It's so good. We go to 30A and I love running on 30A. I've actually been thinking about approaching Steph. Mm-hmm. And saying, "Hey, let's go to because now we live six hours from 30A. Yeah, that's not bad by drive. By drive, yeah. I'm like, let's drive down there for a weekend. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite place to run. Yep. Last year when I was prepping for Buffalo, I hit some of my big workouts there. Exactly on the I, beach or like on like the streets and on stuff the like streets. Street? Okay, but there was nothing like hitting a big like 22 mile workout in the morning mm-hmm. and then sitting. And we were there in April. Oh, okay, and then sitting on the beach with family. Yep." Uh, Steph was pregnant then too. Okay. I guess this was two years ago. Okay. Uh, sitting on the beach with your pregnant wife who's doing like mm-hmm. six, seven weeks and just being like, wow, you crushed that workout. Yep. There's one run for me mm-hmm. that stands out. I think I, like th- this is getting me jacked up for tomorrow's workout, okay. by the way. Let's hear it. Um, we're in Michigan. Okay. Wow. Steph's family has a cottage up north in Michigan. Okay. And uh, I haven't obviously done much snow running. Okay. Because I started running a lot once I got to Texas. Yep. So it, it was rare that I was running in the so cold. Was, it was in the winter. It was in the winter. Gotcha. I want to say it was maybe uh, December. Okay. January. Yep. We might have been there for Christmas actually. We went up to their cottage and it was snowing. And there was probably like a, a foot of snow on the ground. And then it was it was bright sunshine, mm-hmm. cold, snowing, and I went went out for a run. I can already see it. And yeah. I ran down wow. this road, and I even had to put like snow cleats on my shoes. No way to be able to get traction. And I ran down this road. And I went off into this trail, and I ran down this trail. And after I'm like two miles in, I couldn't tell if I was on the road anymore or if I was in the woods because there was so much snow accumulating. Mm-hmm. I'm just running on what I thought was the trail. And I'm just looking up, no one in sight, no houses, no people, big chunks of snow coming down, landing on my face, on my hat, my beard. I had a beard at the time. It was frozen. Mm -hmm. And it was so peaceful that I started crying. Oh my gosh. I started. That's incredible. I started crying on the run. Oh, absolutely. Because nobody else is there to experience that with you too. That's the other thing. I mean, you're like, nobody. No one's even going to believe me if I try to tell them and to paint this picture of what this looks like. I can already see. Dude, it was incredible. Wow. And I think I did like eight to 10 miles that day, mm. something you like say, that. One of those runs where you just don't want to stop. I didn't want right. to stop. I was like in this groove mm. and everything just felt right. My mind was clear. Right. And it was just like one of the most That's powerful, amazing yeah. runs of my life. I see, running has the, the ingredients to give people those kinds of experiences, which is just, and it's hard to get all the right conditions, right? You got to have the right light, the right weather, the right 
surroundings, the right environment to get those really magical. Like for me, it was that New York one where it was just the perfect time in a build. Um, but I, I mean, I've never ran in the snow, but I can't, I can't only fathom what that was like. And I can already kind of see it creatively and visually. And I probably would have cried too. Um, that's, I'm just so thankful that running gives us those moments. Uh, it's not often they don't happen. I mean, right now uh, Nashville is really beautiful. Tomorrow's run is going to be kind of gloomy and overcast. So those colors are really going to be vibrant and popping, especially down here. And Frank, where are you doing your workout tomorrow? Going to Shelby? I'm going to go to Shelby. Dude, I might come to Shelby too. I'm going to do the whole thing on the airstrip. No, you are not. You're going to yes, do 22 am. miles. <laughs> oh I'm going to do the whole thing on the airstrip. <laughs> oh, God. oh, that's crazy. Yeah, that's, oh. that's my plan. Oh my gosh. That's wild. That's wild. But the truth is yeah. not all of... Not even majority of your runs, yeah, facilitate that type of experience. No, no, no. I mean, they are probably one in one out of what, one out of a hundred. I mean, it's they're few and far between. It is, but it's special when it happens. Um, yeah, man, that's good. So you have to, you have to embrace all the subpar, miserable, miserable runs, horrible weather. Don't want to get out. Yeah, I mean, there's so many mm -hmm. times, especially when you get deeper into a build. Yeah. I mean, right now we're at the peak of this prep. Yeah. This is the peak week. After this, we start to decrease volume and intensity. Mm -hmm. It's a tough week because you've accumulated so much fatigue. And like I was telling you, mm -hmm. when I go and do taper, I typically drop a lot of weight because mm. I'm holding so much inflammation from right. just the fatigue that I've held onto wow. through a prep. But after this week, you know, you put on these big efforts, you build this confidence, mm -hmm. you decrease volume and intensity, and you show up race day with a new set of legs. Yeah. They're springy. Yep. yep. They're, they're, they're like, they were just hatched. Yeah. And yeah. 100%. The body knows it's ready. It's, it's such a wild experience. Cause I remember being like two days out from CIM last year and just like, gosh, my legs still feel so dead. And then that morning, it just, everything was right. Everything was right. Yeah. The taper is such a fun time. And mentally, if we're not prepared for those, if you're running a, your first marathon, just be aware of these phantom injuries because they are, are not real, but they, they, they do pop up. And um, that was, uh, yeah, hopefully I don't have any this, this time. Yeah. For every yeah. race I've ever done. You've had one. I have phantom, phantom God, injuries. Dude. What is that even about? What's the science behind that? It's so bizarre. I, I mean, like you're, like you're not injured, but your mind or your body is telling you, hey, I'm here, but I'm not real. Like, that's such a, I, I would hate that. I would argue that, like, it's because you are so personally invested. Right. You care so much. Yeah. It's like when you get nervous for these big workouts. It's because you care. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those nerves, these phantom injuries. Yeah. It's a sign of, of how much you've put into this, right. this process. Right. You know, the, the reward is only so beneficial and giving because of what's been dumped into. Mm. That's why it feels so good to PR a race right. or finish the, the across the finish line. Remember at Buffalo, I ring this, I ring oh, the, the bell, bell, the PR, the PR bell. bell. Yeah. And it just, it lights your soul on fire. Yeah. When all of this work comes together to this one moment where you get to prove to yourself not anyone else. Yeah. Like you said, you run the marathon to, to compete against yourself mm -hmm. and the clock. Yep, exactly. That's why I run. Exactly. I'm not trying to be number one. I'm not trying nope. to be the person next nope. to me. I am competing with myself and the clock. And when I cross the finish line, 
the results are objective mm-hmm. and it's a reflection of the weeks and months leading up to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Joe, tomorrow. Dude, we're going to rip. 22 miles. Yep. I'll text you right after. We'll, we'll have a little catch up, see how, how we did, how it sh- shook out. But no, I'm excited. Eat I'm a few more gonna, of those I'll, beats. Eat a few more of those beats. I gets, might. I definitely have to. I'm probably going to have some sourdough in the morning. I'll probably, you know, I was gonna, just going to go just raw dog, man. I was going to wake up and just freaking let it rip and then rely on the gels. But you may have changed my mind and I may get up earlier and have some uh, some sourdough and properly fuel. Um, and then maybe hit a whole strength workout before too. You know, yeah, I'd love to hear that. Yeah. UNM club, baby. Dude, I know. I need to. I need a membership big time. 23 days out. Yeah, man. CIM 2023. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. We'll see you there. I'll see you there.